Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in on this Friday and a bunch to get to in the NBA. If you missed Ralph Irvin telling you from the news desk, there could be talks now with James Harden maybe being moved out of Brooklyn and possibly being headed to the city of brotherly love and a possible Ben Simmons deal. We dive into that. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. There's also talk that LeBron James may not be ending his career as a Laker as he wants to play with his son, Bronny James. Once Bronny James is eligible to play in the NBA, that future could be a little sketchy because right now you still need to be a year removed from uh, your high school graduating class and to be able to uh, – you you can't just go straight from high school to the NBA. You would need that year separation. So LeBron James's son, Bronny James graduating in the class of 2023 in high school. So then likely wouldn't be able to play with LeBron until the 24, 25 season. But this was a point, Mike, and we'll start here with, uh, with the LeBron James wanting to play with his son. I always felt that when LeBron came to Los Angeles as a member of the Lakers, that this was kind of, kind of his goal. And it's why I never Mm -hmm. thought that he would finish his career with the Lakers because of just having that opportunity to be able to play alongside his son, even if it were a season. And so now to have this pop up, and Chris Sheridan of Maxim Bet was the one who said that, and this is the quote uh, from, uh, from Chris Sheridan, it makes sense on many levels to assume that LeBron will spend the remainder of this season and next year with the Lakers so he could be uh, close to his son all the way through high school. But after June of twenty. 20- 23 there could be a new destination on james's landscape provided he has not already switched teams prior to that in order to increase his chances of winning a title so now the groundwork is being laid where lebron could move on the 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 scenario mike to me just doesn't seem that new it's just how we could get to this scenario where lebron james could end up playing with his son as this story broke that was the case to me of 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 how does this end up coming about not will this end up coming about yeah, it's all the the machine playing, right? You can go back to your one-year deals, whatever you're going to do till that day comes. It also presumes that LeBron James's body is going to let him get to that finish line. Yeah, and given point. all the givens right now, as we've watched day-to-day, right, the swelling in his knee, when's he going to be able to play? I don't know. Ask Frank Vogel, because I don't know if we're still on Vogel watch, given where they're at in the standings anymore. Uh, but it was Vogel watch for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. But with LeBron James, he he's not been able to string together health. This Lakers team is, well, more or less a disaster, right? We have this James Harden rumor and, and the Sixers and all, but everybody's tried to find a, a partner for Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's gone into every trade evaluating software uh, that's ever been known to man. People firing up their old video games saying, will this work? Uh, You finally got Anthony Davis back yesterday. And what was one of the finest final two minutes of an NBA game you're going to get? And Davis misses a shot and they lose to the Clippers. You know, it's just another nail in the proverbial coffin of what this season is. You know, clinging, wishing, wanting, hoping to be able to be in the play. But for LeBron James, we're watching it the last couple of years. 
when he plays, he's spectacular, right? The individual numbers are off the charts, Dan. Uh, but it's not translating to wins. And the more the injuries pop up, it's starting to look like the wacky doctor's game operation. Yeah, and you wonder on how much these last couple of seasons with the pandemic, with the crunch schedule, has has maybe worn or could mm-hmm. end up wearing on someone sure. like LeBron James. I think that's all that's all legit. So the fact of having LeBron, you know, even it's twenty twenty two now, but still pushing three years ahead is quite a bit of a stretch. And I guess the the issue that I see, Mike, with the logistics of this is Unless they're going to pull the Eli Manning of I'm not going to play there. And maybe LeBron James, I know he's got a lot of power. I know his team has a lot of power. And I'm not talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about the guys that he has around him. They have a lot of power in the NBA, Mike. But I don't know how you could navigate and pursue a situation where you would leave L.A., go to a new team, and then have that new team hope to take Bronny James in a draft. And the reason I lay it out like that is because I've always felt that LeBron was going to play with his son at some point. But the order that I thought it would happen is Bronny James enters NBA draft. Bronny James goes to whatever team, whether they win the lottery or first overall or second overall. And then that team figures out a way to bring LeBron in as a free agent. I just don't know like how LeBron could go to say the Mavericks or, you know, go to a team and end up having Bronny end up being the guy. Now, I think in my ideal scenario in my in my head is that LeBron would go to Cleveland and end his career there and be able to play with his son who would end up, you know, being a star with the Cavaliers. But now the Cavaliers are good enough where they're not going to be maybe picking high in the draft. So any team in my mind that LeBron is on could have their draft plans foiled because of their inability to be able to draft Bronny James. And so that's so in hearing wow. all of this stuff, I just don't think it's as easy as saying LeBron wants to play with his kid. You know, like how are you going to do it? How what team is it going to be? If he's drafted by Sacramento, is LeBron going to go and be a king? Like I I just I I don't <laughs> see that. Yeah, so. it's the LeBron sits in limbo and then plays for a veterans minimum wherever Bronny Right, can I even say that? Do I have to pay him $7? Because he just trademarked a bunch That's of true. stuff. Yes. So I don't even know what I can call him anymore. Sir Sir James uh, the Younger? I, I don't know. But the the idea is you either have to wait until he's already drafted or the legacy of LeBron James gets absolutely hammered because he is on a craptastic team and can't elevate them out of the number one draft slot. The, or by he's so powerful he's had the draft yeah. abolished altogether. <laughs> this is you want to talk about frozen envelope or bent envelope and winning a draft oh, yeah. lottery. If LeBron's team would be in the lottery in the year that Bronny James is available and wins it, that's how you know the NBA is rigged. <laughs> I the don't other, know that we'd ever watch another minute of NBA action. <laughs> We've got all these allegations of tanking in the in the NFL, and that that would be like here. Here's my Foster's oversized beer. <laughs> This is, this is this is one story that we're following in the NBA, and here's the other one that we had uh, Ralph had mentioned off the top. Uh, the Athletic reporting that the 76ers and President Daryl Morey are plot, you know, are are looking at a potential deal that could send Ben Simmons to the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. Now, there had been some thought that the Sixers would just try to wait until the offseason to maybe do something, but the Nets, uh, looking at where they are right now, 
and the James Harden situation and uh, his attitude and the fit and what they have just maybe not working to Brooklyn's desire. And so now a trade could be facilitated ahead of the NBA trade deadline that comes up in a couple of weeks. You know, the first thing that this told me, Mike, Hmm. was that I think that the Nets feel that they're going to have Kyrie Irving available for home games. Like to do like to to be because if you're bringing in Ben Simmons, who hasn't played at all this season, I, I listen, we know his offensive game. We we are well aware of his offensive game. So to think that that would even be sharp to bring him in to carry some of the offensive load. If you take away James Harden, no matter what you think about James Harden, that is still quite a bit offensively that you are taking off your plate to be able to bring that in makes me think like maybe they are they are uh you know, positive about uh, Kyrie's status going forward. And I think that they would have enough if it was just a healthy Kevin Durant and just a healthy uh, Kyrie Irving with the supporting cast around them. But maybe more so than anything is, you know, this this big three, I, I was shocked that it even had the success that it did, Mike. And, and basically it had the success that it did uh, in the playoffs last year because of the injuries to either Kyrie or James Harden, which made them, push the Bucks to seven games and almost win that series, but it wasn't like they had the big three. They never really had the big three. So the whole thought that that crew could get together and win games was just a farce, and it, it, and it is not coming to fruition. Yeah, it's insane, and obviously not being able to stay healthy, a very huge part of this. I mean, Harden being out, and it's like, hey, here's a trade. Uh, and you've got Durant missing several weeks, and then the Kyrie Irving situation not to get deep into protocols, but some of the the rules and how they're doing things arena to arena, do they make any sense, Dan? Right? No. You can come, no. You can come in with from if you're on a visiting team and you can play, there's no issue. Kyrie can practice with them, but he can't play in the arena. Like there's just it, it's made no sense. But to your point, it would speak to uh, the belief that when it is crunch time and they're ready to make a playoff run, uh, depending on what would come back in said trade, uh, that that would be the number one indicator is that you have your star. And I'm happy I'm not on with Smith later. Uh, 7 to 11 Pacific, uh, Jason Smith, Steve DeSager yelling with you, um, is that he would probably bury me in the under 50 games together thing that he predicted (laughs) when this joined up when Durant Harden and Irving got together he's like they won't play 50 games together between injuries and all this other stuff it's just not gonna happen and it is not even close (laughs) to 50 games at this point Check out the latest lives of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. So, some big names in the NBA could be on the move. By the way, if there was a Simmons Harden deal, I, I am not a fan of Ben Simmons' game. I really am not, but I don't think that they would even need him. I think just the subtraction of Harden would make the Nets better, as crazy (laughs) as that sounds. And it may work in Philadelphia, but just the subtraction to make it Kevin Durant's team if he comes back fully healthy and Kyrie is fully healthy. Yeah, addition by subtraction in my mind if it would would come to that for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm no fan of Ben Simmons. I think it would be a better spot for him where maybe he could end up, you know, having a better fit without the expectations, but just not having Harden there in Brooklyn seems to be a better solution for the Nets. Yeah, absolutely no expectation for him offensively other than to distribute the basketball. You got plenty of other guys that'll shoot. Yeah. And you actually get a guy that'll be engaged on defense. So I mean that's a win. 
Could you imagine those teams meeting up in the postseason? That would that be, be, yeah, that would be some great TV. Get Mike some on Twitter. trash talking from Joel Embiid. Are you no. kidding me? <laughs> Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, we'll check in with our Olympic correspondent. Plus, how do you make the NFL's Pro Bowl interesting? We'll tell you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Mike Harmon sitting in for Doug on this Friday. In about five minutes or so, we'll be heading to Las Vegas, checking in with our good friend, the co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast, and now analyst for CBS Sports HQ, Todd Furman, will join us, giving all the insights that we need to look ahead to Super Bowl 56 and maybe even betting on the Pro Bowl. That and so much more. But speaking of the Pro Bowl, John Ramos, who is doing double duty today, not only is he our Olympic correspondent, he is also in the hot seat in a brand new game for 2022 in Fox Sports Radio. It is called Sub or Flub. On Sunday night in the great city of Las Vegas, the NFL Pro Bowl will be taking place. John's goal is to decipher the stats that Mike Harmon and myself give him, and John has to determine, was this stat line from a Pro Bowl substitute, a replacement player, or was it a flub that the player did not make the Pro Bowl or was not a substitute? John, is it simple enough for you that you can determine if it is a Pro Bowl sub or a flub? Let's go for it. All right, John Ramos, Mike Harmon, and I have the stats. Mike, I'm just going to start this one out, okay? Do you, John, do you think that this player who finished 21st in receiving yards in the NFL this year with 1,038 yards is a Pro Bowl sub or is he a flub? 21st in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, 21st. I'd say he's a flub. That is incorrect. Oh. That would be Hunter Renfro, Ooh. who somehow found himself in the uh, Pro Bowl as a replacement. Hunter <laughs> Renfro replacing the injured Keenan Allen. So, John Ramos, you are 0 for 1 in sub or flub. Sub or flub. Averaged only 3.9 yards per carry this season. That's good for 38th best oh. in the National Football League. That's got to be a flub. Nope, that is a sub. Oh, that is yeah, that's a horrible effort <laughs> of your Pittsburgh Steelers. He replaces Super Bowl participant Joe Mixon. Uh, John Ramos, you are 0 for 2 this in this. This is a tough one. This is tough. It is. It is. What about had just one 300-yard passing game this season? Does that sound like a Pro Bowl sub or a flub? I can't imagine these all have been are going to be subs. I'm going to go with flub. It's got to be a flub here at some point. That is incorrect. Russell Wilson oh. had just one 300-yard passing game this season, yet he has replaced Tom <laughs> Brady on the NFC roster for the Pro Bowl. Wow. There is a theme with this. Oh, All yeah. right, John, 0 for 3. Time to get off the schneid. Sub or flub? Touchdown pass to interception ratio this year was 22 to 13. Oof. I'll say sub. You are correct. That is Mac Jones of your New England Patriots. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How do you have a 22 to 13 TD to INT ratio yet make the Pro Bowl? Oh, my goodness. All right. All right, John. 
John finished 45th in rushing in the NFL with 517 yards in 10 games. Oh. Is that a sub or a flub? I'll say sub. That is incorrect. Oh. That is Clyde Edwards Elaire, who for the second straight year extremely disappointed me because that's what he provided for my fantasy team. <laughs> 517 yards in just 10 games this season. Clyde Edwards Elaire, I I need to get off that Clyde Edwards Elaire train. I know. He is not a pro time. bowler. Yep. We'll, we'll work to get you off of that. Sub <laughs> oh, or man. flub. Scored 15 rushing touchdowns. Good enough for tying for second best in the National Football League. Well, that definitely should be a, uh, a starter, but I'll say a sub. It oh, is a flub. It is yep. Damian Harris of what? your New England <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, John, come on. You, you know, 15 touchdowns on the ground. That's not Pro Bowl worthy. <laughs> not at all. Nope. All right, John. What about the uh, this quarterback who finished 22nd in total yards passing this season? Is he a Pro Bowl sub or is he a flub? He's a sub. He sure is. Again, it's Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> if you're scoring at home, that's bottom third you know, of the NFL. Just if you're scoring at home or bottom third of the NFL. John Ramos, I believe that is uh, that is two correct. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, two. All right, you've got two more, three more to go. Sub or flub? Didn't have a 100-yard receiving game after Halloween. <laughs> um, I would say a flub. No, that would be a sub. That is C.D. Lamb of Welcome to Dallas Cowboys. He replaces Cooper Cup. Oh, uh, sure. You haven't done anything for the last two months. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to the game. <laughs> Fantasy owners certainly know uh-huh. that, don't they? Yet uh, Amari Cooper got all the blame from Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, his 1,146 receiving yards were 12th best in the NFL as he led his team in receiving yards and TD receptions with nine. Is that a sub or a flub? Did well, he make the Pro Bowl or not? Well, if you led your, your team in touchdown receptions, you've got to be at least a sub in the Pro Bowl. That is incorrect. That is actually <laughs> Mike Williams. Wow. Yeah, who led his team in receiving yards and receptions, yet Keenan Allen made the Pro Bowl, but Mike uh, Williams didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, Harmon, to wrap this one up, John Ramos. By the way, he's 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 in Ted Williams territory. If he gets this right, he's batted 400. Well, I think so we've got to do is, two, though, right? Do, or do you want to take the last one? Okay, okay, go well go ahead if you if you could take the last one. We'll we'll get to Todd Furman in a sec. All right. Finish ninth in the NFL in rushing with nine hundred thirty seven yards. Sub. No, that's a flub. Oh. That is uh, Derek Henry of your Tennessee <laughs> Titans, who did so in half a season. Oh man. All right, okay, I'll I'll give you a bonus one, John. Uh, started with two wins in ten games, only to win five straight at the end of the year. Does that sound like a Pro Bowl sub or a flub? Uh, that sounds like a sub. Uh, that sounds like my fantasy football team this oh. year. <laughs> Enough to not keep me interested, and then I kept winning to make my draft pick even worse. There it is. <laughs> sub or flub. If you want to know how bad the Pro Bowl is, just take a look at those numbers. John Ramos, I think, uh, yeah, I think you, you batted about 325. Pretty good. That's what I usually bat during my season.
Well, considering Hall of Fame. Your, yeah, considering your considering your Olympic duties as well, uh, we can understand why there may be uh, you know a little overlap, maybe not up to production. Uh, by the way, an Olympic update coming up in about twenty minutes. Joining us now on the program, co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast, see him on CBS Sports HQ as a betting analyst. Todd Furman joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Todd. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm doing very well this afternoon, gentlemen. How are you boys doing? Magnificent! Uh, b- by the way, big thank you to uh, to to you, Todd, for the uh, the retweet of my tweet on Sunday. Todd, what are the odds that you may retweet another tweet of mine at some point in 2022? You know, we'll make it a little bit of a long shot. The next thing you're going to come up with an outlandish statement and expect me to retweet Jason Smith and a cast of other characters <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> on Fox Sports Radio. So, you know, buyer, it was good. We all like to see people get drinks dumped in their face, yes. especially when they do it to themselves. So it definitely warranted advanced circulation throughout the social media community. Man, you know, the alert just popped up on the phone, retweeted by Todd Furman, and the floodgates just opened. That's uh, <laughs> that's nor- Normally it's all hatred that'll come spiraling in your general direction. So <laughs> thankfully I haven't attacked any of the Bengals fans in recent memory. And what's amazing about the way the NFL playoffs have unfolded is all of those Green Bay Packer fans that told me I was such a hater earlier this season or the last couple of years have danced quietly into the shadows or to use the Homer Gib- Homer Simpson situation, kind of removed themselves and drifted back into that bush. <laughs> I, 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 I want you to, to weigh in on this because Mike and I talked about it earlier in the show, and we got, we got some negative feedback on Twitter, which is always great. But uh, I, I consider the Bengals lucky this season. Were the Bengals lucky in – 2021. 100%. And, you know, Bengals fans shouldn't feel the need to apologize to anyone because if you can get lucky and you can carry that, you know, golden horseshoe, the rabbit's foot, whatever other piece that you want to try and attribute to their improbable playoff run, uh, it doesn't make a Super Bowl win any less valuable. But when you dig into Cincinnati and some of their advanced metrics through just the three playoff games, they've been outgained. Their yards per play are beneath what you'd expect in these kind of spots. They've been outstatted by all three of their opponents. And when you look at their high-flying offense, as Joe Burrow has garnered a ton of credit, and rightfully so, this team has scored a grand total of five touchdowns through three playoff games. And against Kansas City, they had one touchdown drive travel more than 28 yards. So not exactly sustainable. We'll see if the Rams can punt and pin and force Joe Burrow and company to put together long marathon marches to be able to pull it off. But all you want is a shot at the title, and the Bengals have got, given themselves every opportunity to pull off the improbable, given the fact they started the season 150-1 to 1 underdogs to win the Lombardi Trophy. Pretty good. A lot of hedging going on here in this next game for those few that have their tickets. Uh, Todd, this weekend, obviously, uh, tons of activity in Vegas, all-star games galore. Uh, Casinos will make out from all the parties and and private rooms and whatever else. From a sports betting perspective, how much action do we get on an NHL all-star game and a Pro Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it's not really going to move the needle. Now, with the game in Vegas, it may change the dynamics a little bit. Uh, of course, the NHL has gone above and beyond with some unique tweaks and modifications as far as the skills competition are concerned. They blocked off sections of the strip last night to really take advantage of some of the iconic venues that you have out here, whether it was the Bellagio Fountains or a couple of other unique wrinkles there. Uh, and then, of course, you'll have the All-Star game in the middle of the day tomorrow. So you hope betting handle is something there. But for the most part, uh, it's more of a novelty than anything 
anything else. We've already seen a little bit of line movement for the three-on-three tournament. The Pro Bowl, that is truly the degenerate special, and I have to imagine <laughs> most folks that will be making the trek across Las Vegas Boulevard to head over to Allegiant Stadium for the game will look to most likely be betting the over in that particular contest, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's a sharp angle to back either the AFC, NFC, over or under. <laughs> Who is, wants is there, it more? <laughs> Todd Furman joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Is there an over-under on how many tackles that we're actually going to see in this game? You know, it may be a, it's probably a great question. I mean, when you consider the total in this game has come down substantially over the years as players have gotten a little bit more engaged. You know, we're looking at a 61 and a half, 62. So uh, I would say that there's probably a better chance we see more points than tackles made on Sunday. <laughs> so fair, as we, we get deeper into the silly season, a couple more head coaching jobs still to go. Uh, we don't need to go deep into the legalese of it all at this point, Todd. But uh, any of those moves actually uh, start getting some futures uh, admissions and, and people to the windows? You know, not going to generate a ton of buzz. I think the quarterback carousel that we're about to see in Sue will have a lot bigger impact uh, in terms of the outlook for the 2022-2023 season. When we go through the teams right now, clearly there is a clear imbalance as far as the quarterback pedigree in the AFC versus what the NFC will be dealing with. I mean, you've had two first ballot Hall of Famers retire in recent years that have taken the NFC South from one of the more competitive divisions when you had Tom Brady, Drew Brees going head-to-head to now being arguably the worst division in the entire league and that's not any disrespect to Matt Ryan it's just four teams trying to figure out their identity going forward we're not sure where Aaron Rodgers will land if he stays in the NFC or if he remains in Green Bay and Russell Wilson is the other guy I mean if he were to leave Seattle and make his way to an AFC destination suddenly the Cowboys have even fewer excuses than they already do playing in the NFC East uh, for a reason that they wouldn't get out of the NFC knowing that it could be just the Cowboys and Rams in terms of having established quarterbacks and legitimate pedigree. Todd Furman joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. Find Todd on Twitter at Todd Furman. Nothing has really happened since uh, the uh, Bengals won in Kansas City and the Rams topped the 49ers. But has anything changed Super Bowl-wise between the Bengals and Rams betting-wise that we should keep our ears tuned to? Yeah, not really. The number opened three and a half uh, at some shops. Those not three and a half have disappeared. You're seeing four, four and a half, pretty much the consensus out there. A little bit of an appetite. Uh, for the game coming in under the total as well. 49 is where that market peaked. We're now looking at 48.5. You've also seen some under money come in on the first half. But it's always interesting because most of the bigger books will put out their extensive prop offerings on Thursday. So you'll see a lot of movement on some of those individual props, whether they're player-specific, game situation, or what have you, whereas the general betting public typically doesn't get involved until 48 to 72 hours before. So the general school of thought for professional bettors is if you like a prop you bet it over early in the week if you like it over you bet it early in the week if you like it under you wait till the 23rd hour to try and come back over the top knowing that the general public will have more than enough say in terms of their five and ten dollar bets to that end prop bets getting a lot of juice and we've got hundreds of them and seems like we we can make some more up as we we flow flow through even going into the crowds uh if we want to and and you know a guy at second seat from the right in a, with a mustache pays out two to one uh but when we talk about the handle for for stuff like that todd where does that rank uh all of those props relative to the money bet on the game itself 
Yeah, years ago, uh, I would have said it was close to about a 70-30 mix as far as the individual side in total versus props. Uh, over the years, you've seen a definite switch and change as far as the industry is concerned as bookmakers at, at all shops continue to get more and more creative. So much so that I would say generally throughout the industry now, it's probably 70-30 the other way. And some books may tell you that they have an even higher uh, distribution in terms of how much they'll do as far as writing tickets on prop bets. Now, you're never going to see the seven-figure wagers on props that you will on a side or total. We, of course, saw a $4.5 million bet earlier this week come in. Uh, but when you're talking about professional bettors that come in with deep pockets, you know they may bet 50 to 75 props at any given shop if they feel that gives them an opportunity to kind of exploit some of the numbers uh, or their mathematical models that stay one step ahead of odds makers. Todd Furman joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Last one for me, Todd, because the talk this week has obviously been the Brian Flores lawsuit, but what he uh, alleged went on in Miami uh, with Stephen Ross paying to tank. How, how does that information play in Vegas, especially with, you know, Stephen Ross's ties to, uh, you know, to, uh, to sports betting and the deals that they have made? How did that news go over in Vegas? It's one of those things that I think people obviously get a little bit concerned about if there was any semblance of impropriety taking place. But, of course, if Stephen Ross is offering that kind of bounty, so to speak, to his head coach and they go out there and beat the Bengals, uh, odds makers would have been tipped off to it and you would have seen you know, an unusual flow of money on one particular side that never kind of manifested itself. And then on top of that, not to make light of a serious situation, but that's what we do in this business, if Hugh Jackson is going to say he got paid to lose games, I mean, he should be able to retire and sleep on a of gold bullion for all the games he lost as head coaches various stops along the way and trust me we never made an adjustment in the positive manner thinking that Hugh or any of the other coaches out there were tanking well that that's the summary statement uh any funny money in play would have uh, alerted i mean just like it did in blue chips all those years ago and, and discussions uh, <laughs> along the way uh <laughs> tv is a tough tv is a tough class harm tony didn't just get to watch the tube and get by that's absolutely right. All right, final one, just from a uh, sports uh, enterprise overall. Olympics wagering. Medals, I see the U.S., what is it, plus 1,400 to lead the medal count. Uh, do we get a lot of activity for the uh, Winter Olympics? Absolutely none. Uh, the one sport that you would have seen generate a little bit of buzz as far as betting was concerned would have been men's ice hockey, uh, assuming that you had the NHL players traveling overseas. But given the fact that the Olympics have kind of become an afterthought and people even in the sports community haven't realized that they started about 48 hours ago, it's not an event that generates a ton of interest uh, from recreational bettors. And the main reason why is because a lot of the higher profile situations that are there, specifically as it pertains to men's and women's ice skating and such they're all judged events so it's a little bit more of a delicate proposition so the summer olympics typically much more handle uh, and a lot of times it has a huge impact based on where those games are taking place if they were stateside or in a similar time zone you would see books make a much more concerted effort to have an extensive menu uh, and allow their players to bet into them He's the one and only Todd Furman who we get to talk to in the daytime. Yes, it feels good. Get him on Twitter at Todd Furman, co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast. And again, see him on CBS Sports HQ as their analyst. Thanks, Todd. Have a great weekend. You got it, gentlemen. Enjoy the calm before the storm. 
Appreciate we you, absolutely buddy. will. That's storm. No pun intended for much of the U.S. that's been hit by, or a good half of the U.S. that's been hit by this winter storm. The storm heading to L.A. of Super Bowl 56 will uh, be here before we know it. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. There could be a big, big deal done in the NBA. We'll tell you who it benefits next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug on this Friday. Special thanks to Adam Kaplan and Todd Furman, who ended up uh, joining the show earlier. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Earlier in the show, we... Ran down places that you may not want to visit if you come to L.A. for Super Bowl 56. And we did get a tweet from one Robin uh, at Taco Trucker 11. What's the name of the mall where they shoot extra? So the show with Mario Lopez... The, yeah. Do they do that at the Grove or where? It's over it, at the Universal Studios. There it is. There it is. Or Universal it, or it, Studios. It was the last time I, I was at down there at uh, City Walk. It's because you got the globe in the background at times. But yeah, they've got a whole setup out there, so you can go uh, buy all sorts of uh, Harry Potter merchandise and then go watch the show. There are uh, there's a list uh, that we'll put up online on places to go, a much longer list of places not to go if you come to L.A. for Super Bowl <laughs> Fifty Six. Uh, thanks in part to uh, to everyone's input. Jason Stewart, of course, giving the morbid tour of uh, finding where people died. Uh, well, any? I mean, we got plenty of those that we can knock <laughs> off, right? That's <laughs> true. And those actually are probably. I mean, I'll tell you what. You could go to a cemetery. And spend a whole afternoon in L.A. and just end up. Go to Hollywood forever. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's two or three of them where if you just wander around, you're going to run into some really cool headstones and stuff of people you remember from stage and screen. Uh, If you uh, didn't remember this, I'm here to remind you that John Ramos is our Winter Olympic correspondent and for the previous two hours and 50 minutes has given us the latest of everything that we need to know in Beijing. And just because John's about to punch out doesn't mean that he's not still hard at work with what is happening in the 2022 Winter Olympics. John Ramos, your latest Winter Olympics. Olympic report is now. I don't know what Todd Furman is talking about, guys. Lines at the betting windows here in Beijing are actually quite long. <laughs> so um, keep an eye on that. It's 21 degrees right now. Woo, frigid here at 6.50 a.m. as the sun comes up. Looking for a high today of 39 and still no medals. Mm. What is it, Celsius? I, I assume that's Fahrenheit. <laughs> it is do Fahrenheit. We have, do, we have, do we have the conversion? Uh, the, uh... Not the top of my head. No, I, I have to check the with the uh, yeah, next report coming up in just 25 minutes. Uh, that's why we have Ralph Irvin here to save the day to give us the headlines. We need to. We, whoa, jeez. The press. The band is drunk. Ralph's here <laughs> with the press. Cow. Press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joe's, Hustler Turf also has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. HustlerTurf.com. Ralph's here with the stories of the day. What do you got, Ralph? Uh, officially, it's minus 6 degrees Celsius. 100%. Oh, there it is. John 100%. can use that in his next report. Exactly. Coming although although it is being Vegas. reported as 72 and sunny. 
<laughs> oh, jeez. Right. All right. Right. <laughs> well, we'll start with uh, the congressional stuff, guys. Is the that is actually very funny? That was very, very funny. Okay. Uh, the House Committee of Oversight and Reform releasing statements today, showing that the NFL and the Washington Commanders were not doing an independent investigation of the Washington organization, but in fact, were working together in delivering oh. their results. Mm. Yeah, what's, not uh, the independent thought that we all were expecting. What's the situation with Goodell, with with his information? Well, that he only wanted an oral presentation. He mm. did not want a written report, although written report is mm. the standard operating practice for everything with the NFL. Yeah, this, this is, table self-destruct. <laughs> this that's is the fourth, pretty cool. That's the fourth time Ralph has said oral presentation in the show today. Yes. I've, I've kept uh, at track. Least. <laughs> we, <laughs> You've had it's oral over, reports Jenny. as well from Roger Goodell. It's over, Jenny. Oh, man. The Commander's era off to a good start. I've looked for their mini helmets. Still not for sale. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll find some next week at the convention center. Hey, I'm just happy that, you know, 18 months ago, I said it would take 18 months for a new name and uh, jersey to be introduced, and we were right on spot. Well, you got are. used to football team. I didn't if, want it to change. If, oh, I hated football team. If only we had somebody on staff that predicted Commander's. You know, I, I, you know what? I gave him his just due on Twitter, yeah. man. Showing the yeah. love. You know, the, I was, John Ramos you, did, by the way. You do have to give listening. credit because that didn't just happen. Like they made that decision months ago, and it oh, didn't yeah. and it didn't leak fully. So. Yeah. They, they did something right. Yeah. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have interviewed uh, San Francisco offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel for their vacant head coaching position. Yep. Yep. Jerry Jones is very confident that Kellen Moore was coming back. So then that would make me believe that Mike McDaniel will get that Dolphins job and Kellen Moore will go back to Dallas, which I think is what a, for some reason now, after like two games, people have soured on Kellen Moore, some Cowboys fans, but I think it would be a good thing for the Cowboys. Good thing Buddy, for the Dolphins, is, too. Yeah, he is uh, the next Jason Garrett. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Which means he'll be part of the family forever if possible. Sure. Okay. okay. Uh, James Harden not playing tonight, but the bigger story coming out, Philadelphia is going to pursue a trade to bring in the bearded one. 100%. I think it's addition by subtraction in this scenario. The Nets are good enough. Even though Joe Harris's injury, if Kevin Durant comes back healthy and Kyrie gets cleared, you just have Ben Simmons go and do some of his stuff. He doesn't even have to be a key part of it. You just get him acclimated. The Nets are probably going to come out of the East. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we could say that is going to be the case if they have that big three there. I think it's better now for the Nets to make a move as opposed to later because this season they could still win a title. I still wanted to see this ridden like a chariot to its bitter end and rolling, trying to keep Dang. it on the rails. <laughs> Man, I, if, if there, a trade is made and we have Sixers-Nets in the postseason, oh, that playoff series is Let's going to it. be absolute fire. Yeah, they're impressed. That was the press. All right, that's it for the uh, Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon and I have had you covered for the last three hours. You can get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Big thanks to Jason Stewart, John Ramos, and Ralph Irvin. We hope you enjoy the Pro Bowl. We hope you enjoy the NHL All-Star Game, and we'll be talking to you live from Super Bowl 56 next week here on Fox. 